everybody. How are we doing? How are we living? Justin Treese, Austin Cunningham, another great episode of Talking Football planned out and to break down week 10 of the NFL season. Some Tack McKinley news. There are some key injuries in the NFL with Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. Injuries to the St. or excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams. I can't believe I almost said St. Louis again there. But uh, some other things going on within the NFL and then a big week 11 uh, to come into the NFL. We will get to that tomorrow, of course, in our next episode. But today we're breaking down week 10. And uh, just in case you guys were wondering, your boy, me, Austin Cunningham, has passed the Justin Treese in the spread record. I currently got a one game lead. So I am coming into this game feeling amazing. If you looked at my Twitter feed on Tuesday, you would not expect me to feel this happy because I have been absolutely destroyed by Raiders Nation. So, if anyone that is a Raiders fan is listening, first off, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Second, I have now just put you in the top 10. I've been praising you for weeks as like a team to watch. And then the one time, three, the one time I knock the Raiders this season, the one time, I get called every name in the book. I'm not feeling too good about myself, but Treese, I'm happy to be here with you today. Hey, dude, I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, we did not talk before the episode, and I just watched that fucking shit show on Twitter just go <laughs> on all day, and it, uh, it entertained me. Um, I like one of the dudes told you to ice up, son. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> so whoever that is, good job. That's a very good job. Um. The fun part is, is you don't like it, but I agree with Raider Nation. Of course, of course I do. That's why you've been quiet. Been we, we talked a little bit before we hopped on and you were real quiet about it. The only thing I didn't like about it, and I like Jonathan Abrams. I said I'm starting to dislike him more and more each week because that felt like a cheap shot. And when I say that, it's because... K.J. Hamler clearly doesn't have the ball. He notices he doesn't have the ball, and it's like a I'm going to set the mentality type of play. You can tackle him and drive him into the ground. That's fine. But when you, like, load your body up and lead with your head to pop him in his helmet, like, like I get the setting the tone. Like, if you're a Raiders fan, of course, you love it. Like, you love that attitude and that atmosphere. But, like, watching it from, like, an outside perspective and not being a Raiders fan – it's just the idea of, like, why? Like, why is it necessary? Like, why do you have to be this type of player? Like, I thought the league was moving away from that in a different direction in sense of, like, a, a player safety mentality with – or something that is held among other players in the league. And then, like, here comes Jonathan Abrams, and it's just like, fuck that idea. I'm just going to hear – I'm just here to mess people up. And that's cool to an extent. But, again, personally, I just felt like that was a cheap shot. Yeah, for me, it is, one, I mean, that's the risk you're always going to take when you do a jet sweep or whatnot, whatever you do. Like, that's the risk you take in it. That's the point of it. And then the other thing is he's setting the mentality of when you come to do a slant next play, this hit is going to be that much harder. Like, get them so then maybe the wide receiver stops running his route a little bit early on a slant causes an interception causes him to rethink just everything about every route so sure did he have to hit him no he did not do i think it was a cheap shot no i do not i think it is 
I think it personally is a football play of if the offense gets to try to trick the the defense of like what way the ball was going to go, the defender should hit anybody that pretends to have the ball. Like they just should. Like that should just be what they're doing. I'm not upset, and I agree. I'm not upset with the offensive player getting hit. I'm not upset with KJ Hamler getting hit. I'm upset with the way he was hit. Like I said, like wrap up and make the tackle, pop him that way. But it's like the loading your body up to lead with your head, to hit him in the head. But like that's the cheap shot in my mind. Is like that was on that. Like that was just an unnecessary type of hit. Set a tone, but like I would much rather you lead with your shoulder instead of like load your head up and lower it. Like he lowers the crown of his helmet and pops him right in the like right underneath his face mask. Uh, I'm watching it right. That's what I'm watching me. it right now. It looks like he hits the shoulder to me. I think it's head to shoulder. That's I'm literally watching it as we speak. Um, oh, I've watched it like yeah. a million times today. My mentions have exploded. So, but I think that like also if you watch the way Jonathan Tamer plays. That's literally how he talk, tackles. You say wrap up. That dude doesn't wrap up. He just fucking just dives in like, and just has like no remorse for human life at all. So um, I get what you're saying. I do. I understand it. But I do not think it's a – I don't think it's a cheap shot. That's just me. Also, is it – I mean, there's this little bit of heated for you, right? Because – as much as you don't want to admit it, you guys lost to him and you play him this week. I think you're a little. I think you're a little fired up for this game. I think as a Chiefs fan, as I, a Chiefs fan, like you guys haven't felt a loss in like almost a year at this point. Besides that one game, whatever three three no, weeks you're ago. Exactly right. That's the only game we've lost in a yeah. year. Yeah, or we the Kansas City. Teams. We know what you mean. Like I came into this week, I've been praising the Raiders for weeks. Like, hey, this offense is balanced. Like, if they get a control of the clock and they're, the running game's going, like, this is a team to look out for. Derek Carr is extending drives with his legs. Like, he's playing good. The Raiders' defense is getting better. They can get to the passer at will at times with Max Crosby and Clean and Farrell. Like, <laughs> coming into this week, I was fine. I, like I said, I praise him. Put him in the top ten of my power rankings. I make this one comment. And just, like, the reaction from the Raiders and – like, just how cocky they have been after picking up the one win early in the season. Like, <laughs> it's almost as if they forget the Chiefs were making a comeback. And a, almost doesn't mean that they did. Like, that shouldn't matter. But, like, the Kansas City Chiefs have kind of figured it out and we're putting it together. Like, okay, hey, this is where we can exploit the defense. Let's attack here and make it happen. It just ended up being too late. Praise to the Raiders on that. To then take a victory lap or laps around Arrowhead Stadium and then to brag about it and then to come into this week, like Raider week, like for Kansas City, this hasn't been a rivalry because Kansas City has smoked them. Like they lead the rivalry or this matchup in wins. Like 64 to 53, I believe, is the record. Huge swing of that has come within the last five, six, seven years when Alex Smith has come to Kansas City. The Ravens haven't stood a fucking chance. And then here we are, and it's like, you come into this week, you picked up a win early in the year, that's awesome, you're on a roll. I want Kansas City, and I tweeted this as well, and Raider fans, 
quickly found this tweet as well after they realized what I had said about Jonathan Abram. They have to go to my profile, find out where they can roast me on. It's I have no idea what I'm talking about. I should stop talking about football. I never played football. I don't understand the game. I'm a pussy. I'm soft. Like anything that you could say against me, like they have. <laughs> so I've turned my mindset. Like fuck the Raiders right now. Like I'm a Chiefs fan. It's Raiders week. Fuck them. I hope the Chiefs just destroy them. We'll get into more of this tomorrow in our next episode. But I'm not very happy with the Raiders and their fans right now. And so, again, fuck them. Yeah, so for me, you can't play, and I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here all day. Uh, uh-huh. Tonight is, that's what this episode is between us two. Um, and I don't like it. We don't, we usually don't. We do don't, this. and we're going to tonight. And, and here, here we are. So uh, my biggest thing is, is you can't play we are the villain card, which we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how you were all for playing the villain playing like that's what the chiefs are now they have passed the patriots as being that team uh-huh. but then when a team beats you and they celebrate over it you can't get upset over it no i'm not upset with them celebrating i'm upset with the way they've responded to one negative comment about their team because they've won <clears throat> one matchup out of the last six but it's the most recent that's but it's the most recent but it most definitely is the most recent. Yeah. But, and I totally get what you're saying, but it's still that, like, that Chiefs fan at heart that just, like, it burns a little more, and the comments sting a little more, and they mean more. And I know you're not, like, neglecting that or, you know, it's just still, like, oh. Oh, dude, I get it. Like, some of the things that have been said, it's like, I want to just motherfuck all yeah. of them. Yeah. Trying to be a professional, so I'm going to come to my podcast. And I'm going to I was like, "Wow, that is that is aggressive there." Um, so I get it. Like 2017, I, I'm not. And for anybody that's new here, well, hopefully we get some new listeners because of this. Uh, hopefully we get some Raiders fans. I'm a Jags fan. Yeah, welcome Raiders yeah, Nation. I'm a Jags yeah. fan, so I talk about 2017 a lot. I mean, the fucking Titans beat us twice that year, and I was fucking pissed. But you want to know what? The Jags went to the AFC Championship game, and the Titans didn't. And they kept talking about how they beat us, and I was like, fuck it. I don't care. Like, we went further than you guys. So from your angle, like, that's the same type of angle, right? So I get it. Um, What it all comes down to is you don't like any disrespect on the Chiefs' name. Like, that's what it comes down to. And that's fine. As a fan, I would expect that from mm-hmm. anybody, not just you. Like, I would expect it from literally anybody. So um, what it comes down to is I had zero interest in Chiefs Raiders this weekend. Literally was not going to watch a single down of it. Um, usually I watch them just because you're a fan of them, but I was like, well, you know what? There's, there's a lot of really good games next week. I think there's six games that have – teams that all have six wins or more next weekend. So it's going to be awesome. Chiefs Raiders, I guess is actually one of those games, but I eight one six. Yeah, three. but it was for me it was on the lower tier of games that I was going to watch. Now I have to watch it and <laughs> I'm going to have my TV up with that and then my laptop next to it with your Twitter feed just on it because the moment that if heaven forbid the Oakland Oakland the Las Vegas Raiders get ahead at any point in the game, you were going to get blown up. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> so, to go off of it, and it, I'm not going to try and convince you because your opinion said on what it is. Like, 
one thing that I've learned since like doing daily radio and like writing about the Chiefs the last couple of years, and especially doing this, is like at some point you have to put your fandom aside and you have to be a realist and you have to take that step back and be like, all right, where's the team at realistically, and where can excuses not be made for where the team's at? I have struggled with that a bit, but over the last year, I feel like I've gotten a lot better about being like, okay, hey, this is like this has been an issue. This isn't working out, but this is what can be done so Chiefs fans don't have to be as concerned with it. I'm an optimistic person. I try and bring that optimistic view to absolutely everything that I cover in sports. I've also gotten a little bit more aggressive with some of my opinions because it's like I've watched enough and I get enough right now where it's like, okay, I can make this statement, and I'm certain enough and I feel good enough about it that I'm not going to be taken off of it. Wonder what's awesome. The moment sorry. it got turned personal, though. Go ahead. Sorry, I apologize for cutting you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. It was just the moment that it got turned into like personal attacks is where I started to get pissed, and that's where it was just like flip, you know, motherfucking people. Yeah. Mentally. For sure. But there were a lot of replies. I will give props. A lot of replies had me cracking up. Like some of them were pretty good burns, and I was giggling at <laughs> them. But then there was others. It was like. Fuck you, asshole. You don't know anything about me. so. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you would want it to stay, like, you know, not professional is the wrong word, about football. You would want it to stay about football, right? Because you're talking about them. You're not taking any cheap shots at Jonathan Abrams no. as a person. So, um, yeah, that's fair. Fair argument there. Um, and I will say, we've been doing this podcast for almost two years now. You actually have gotten a lot better at trying to put your fandom aside. You have. Um, you know, at the start, it was very, very obvious. Um, still improvement to go, but you're getting better. 100%. Uh, but the funny thing is, that's not the point of this conversation. The point is, is you're so, like, positive on everything, and I'm so negative on everything, that we just, like, meet in the middle, and it's great. 100%. Yeah. That's what makes this so Yeah, great. it really does. And, we, and we've literally been growing with every episode we put out. So people ask me, like, hey, how's the podcast going? How's it doing? And I was like, dude, it's awesome. Love doing it two episodes a week. We can nearly guarantee it at this point. There's some hiccups, of course. But, like, it's nice to put out a podcast. And if people respond, you're sending me a message like, hey, good episode this week. Loved it. Like, keep up the great work. You guys are killing it. And then to see, like, our numbers continuing to grow and grow, big things are coming. Yes. Like, we've been working on trying to get some other things going and putting the works and it's like things are finally clicking and we've been moving in the right direction but slowly hopefully we can kind of speed this puppy up and keep it rolling but i like what we're doing i like doing this again thank you everyone that listens and the new listeners that maybe have come to visit after the just absolute word beating or verbal beating i have taken on social media Damn, it's not a fun place to live. I can tell you that. But let's get let's get to actual football here and some news. Tack McKinley uh, has failed his physical. He was released by um, the Atlanta Falcons. Was picked up or claimed, I should say, by the Cincinnati Bengals. He fails his physical, and now he is back onto waivers. Trees, do you have anything like in regards to the subject? I just kind of wanted to get these knocked out of the way before we get into some of these bigger topics. Yeah. So. I think the most interesting thing is the Raiders and the Browns did put a claim in on him. We talked about this, and so did the Niners. Shanahan already came out today and said, we will be putting another claim on him. So no matter what, he is getting claimed tomorrow. 
The question is, is somebody going to pass him? And at this point, the Browns and the Raiders are ahead of the Niners in waiver claim order. So I think that it's going to be him going to the Niners. That's kind of what I think is going to happen. We'll find out on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern to see if anybody ahead of them uh, ends up claiming him. But uh, thought it was kind of interesting that he felt his physical considering he was playing for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what I was thinking, like when I was reading the rundown because I didn't hear this news earlier today. Uh, and so when I hopped on and saw the rundown, I was like, "How the hell did he fail? Like he was just playing." Guess homeboys lost, just gotten way out of shape since then, or maybe there was an injury that the Falcons were just trying to let her hope he would be able to play through. Uh, speaking of a big name, though, and a guy from Georgia, DeAndre Baker, uh, a former Georgia Bulldog, was drafted in the first round by the New York Giants. It was pretty well known that, like, hey, Dave Gettleman does not draft corners early. This draft, he trades back into the first round to take DeAndre, or DeAndre Baker, excuse me, Shit hits the fan this offseason. Not a good look. A lot of issues take place. You can read the story. You can believe what you want to. Bottom line, it wasn't looking good for DeAndre Baker. The Giants release him. But just recently, um, yesterday for you guys listening, the charges were dropped. And since then, <laughs> speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs as well, he is actually visiting them, um, as it was reported yesterday as well, um, and it will be the first team that he visits since the charges were dropped, which means he can come back to the NFL. I'm not sure what the suspension will be within that, even though he was released from the Giants. So, Teresa, if you have information on that, please fill us in. But, like, as a <laughs> – trying to put the Chiefs fandom aside here, you don't want to add another player to the organization that has poor morals or has a poor history because – you know opposing fan bases are just going to continue to dig on that, and it's just got to come to it. But, like, as a Chiefs fan and looking at needs the Chiefs, like, obviously have, it is corner. So if you can get a DeAndre Baker there, that would be nice. But it also comes down to, like, do you desperately need him enough to – go through the the PR turmoil you're about to face yeah and I don't know if it would be that big right with it being everything extorted did like I don't know like this isn't this isn't like the Tyreek Hill situation right where you're gonna get a ton of backlash I this is just not that type of scenario so I think it would be good uh, I last time I checked and saw it, there was like four teams that were interested funny enough one of them was the Chiefs and one of them was the Jags so uh very interesting there for me, it's like one of those things with it being so late in the year. Like, I don't know if DeAndre Baker is going to help any team this year. Like, I just don't know if it's possible. For the Chiefs, yes, maybe if they make a, a – not if. When they make another long playoff run, uh, sure, he might be able to help them later on. But I don't know. I just – I see a hard time with the Chiefs there. But it is also a very nice thing to be the first visit. You can kind of convince players uh, – to just sign right then and there sometimes. Especially with Baker, he may be like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to get another opportunity. I don't know if anybody's going to offer me anything again, so I may have to just take yep. this. He did say he would love to go back to the Giants. I think that he I think he truly feels like, one, the Giants did what they had to do. Like, he's not holding that against them, and I think he has unfinished business. He, In his mind, he has unfinished business as a first-round pick with the Giants. So, also, I would like to see him back with the Giants. But let's also not ignore that 
he didn't have that good of a rookie year. <laughs> he wasn't that good. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. I think like maybe with the Chiefs and like the veterans that are there with Sharvarius Ward, Legere Sneed, who the Chiefs drafted this year and is a rookie, um, has played well up until he hurt his collarbone, fractured it, chip in it, whatever it was. He, he missed a couple weeks because of it. And I think he might actually be back this week against the Raiders. But you get that mix with Sharvarius Ward, you know, Legere Sneed, Rashad Fenton, Rashad Breland. That's a guy you're probably not going to have next year. So if you can get DeAndre Baker in the system and have him learn the defense – and, you know, be put underneath the wing of Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones and Frank Clark and, you know, show how to be a true professional, that might be a huge positive for him. So if he can get that figured out and come to Kansas City and help the team on a playoff run and, you know, another Super Bowl um, campaign, I guess with open arms, it's, hey, come to Kansas City and let's get you figured out. You know what I mean? Let's get everything cleaned up. Let's give you a second chance at a career. And let's start off successful with it, too. For sure. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some injuries that happened. A lot of injuries. So, I mean, it's one that sucks for the Rams is like they just had a lot of key players get hurt this week as they're trying to make that run into the lead of the NFC West. So, uh, again, hey, props to us for taking the Rams over the Seahawks last week. That was awesome. So, but uh, Taylor Rapp injured. Uh, Forbath, their kicker, injured. Uh, the big one was Whitworth, out for six to eight weeks uh, with the MCL. So huge injury there. How are they going to recover from not having their, you know, stud left tackle for even for how old he is? He's playing fantastic this year. He had a down year last year, but this year he's playing very well. So that's huge. So I'm very interested to see. How the Rams recover, missing basically one key player from every aspect of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, they did just sign, I saw they just signed Matt Gay, former Utah Ute kicker, uh, to their uh, roster, claiming him off of the Colts practice squad. So uh, I do like that signing there, but we'll see on the other positions. And then the two biggest ones are some quarterback injuries. So Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater out. So Teddy Bridgewater sounds like his knee is okay. Uh, No structural damage, which is a big worry that we all had, obviously with his huge injury in 2016, I believe it was, uh, when he was with the Vikings. And then uh, it sounds like just swelling, Probably won't be able to play this week, but uh, the following week most likely could be back. Uh, they haven't they haven't ruled him out yet or anything. Just my uh, gut feeling. Very very unprofessional. Um, I have no idea about real injuries, uh, but hey, you know I'll give my guesses. And then Drew Brees, huge injury. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, breaking news. Sorry to interrupt you. Breaking news. Uh, as of right now, as we're recording. The Chiefs are expected to sign DeAndre Baker uh, to their practice squad pending a COVID test. Um, and just like that, that dude is back in the NFL. Uh, all charges were dropped by the state attorney's office uh, in the county that he was charged in. So just like that, charges are dropped and he's back in the NFL on the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. So back to my point of, is he going to help that team this this year? We'll see. That's why they signed him to the practice squad, right? Like maybe a later year run. So awesome. Cool. And then uh, moving on to Drew Brees. So you have, what, five broken ribs altogether, three on one side, two on another, and a collapsed lung. Um, Ouch. Want no part of that in my life. And um, what is going to happen with the Saints? 
That is the biggest question mark, right? They're going to obviously have to go with Winston as their quarterback, but they have a half a game lead on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has not had their bye yet, so they will, I think, next week. Um, Or is it this week? One or the other. Um, And then, obviously, they have the head-to-head, which is nice, but how how long can they survive without Drew Brees? Um, To move on to, before you answer that, to move on to fantasy, pickup of the week, if you're playing an ESPN, is Taysom Hill and putting him at a tight end because he's most likely going to get more quarterback reps but you can play him at tight end, and so now you got basically two t- two quarterbacks. What? Yeah, he's listed as a tight end. He's too. always been listed as a tight end. They just gave him quarterback eligibility yesterday, um, and so the ESPN, at least I don't know about other sites, um, had announced that if he plays X amount of quarterback snaps next week, then they'll remove his tight end. But at least for one week, you could sneak in and have a tight end. But have a guy that plays, you know. But when it's all said and done, he's still only going to probably play like 20 snaps in the game. But, you know, 10 to 15 of them could be at quarterback. So, uh, we'll be interesting to see there. Sorry, I'm about to add him to my fantasy team. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Tampa Bay, just to answer some of the things you were going there, uh, Tampa Bay does not get a bye for another two weeks. So, they'll play this Sunday. They'll play next week at home with Kansas City coming to visit, and then they'll get their bye week. So, they get the week 13 bye. Um, I guess that's a good place to get it, especially after playing the Chiefs. But how inconsistent Tampa has been through this point of the season is kind of – becoming concerning because their offense will run on a real high and then it's like they get pressure teams are able to get to Tom Brady and things just kind of quickly fall apart for them and then their defense it is young it is fast they are hard hitting they have a lot of size up front but it's like once teams figure out how to move the ball on them the defense isn't able to adjust or make any stops to kind of create a difference within the game at least not against some of the higher level teams that they've played we saw that against new orleans we saw it against green bay um both time against new orleans i should mention there so within that it's kind of a little bit concerning for tampa bay but they also have a real chance at sealing this division if they can find a way to win out these next couple games maybe they drop another one or two but like if you can find a way to win out from here you put yourself in a good position especially with drew Brees being out and, Teresa, I know you just went into this, but I kind of just want to go with you over it once more because you're most likely starting Jameis Winston. We know what his history is in Tampa Bay. He's going to have a couple good throws. He's going to score you some touchdowns. He's going to have some nice throws and plays, but he's also going to ruin it by throwing a pick six, you know, or making an error throw, and you're just like, what are you doing? Like, what did you see? Maybe the LASIK eye surgery has helped. Maybe being underneath the wing of Drew Brees and learning from Sean Payton, maybe this can help them. Maybe they just don't even have to worry about it because they play Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, and Philadelphia before facing Kansas City at home. At that point, Drew Brees is probably back. So Jameis Winston, there's a possibility he fucks us up for New Orleans, but there is also a possibility we're looking at is like, yep, he is the future after that. Like, he is the guy for next year. Like, he's going to be the bridge to the next quarterback, or there's just going to be a resurgence in his career with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. If I'll say, if I mean, I've been saying it anyways that I still don't think this is Breeze's last year. I've been saying that all year. 
But if he can't come back from this injury, it for sure is not his last year. He's not going out like that. He's not. Do you think New Orleans just moves on from him? Like, there's no way they do, right? No, there's no way. I mean, he hasn't looked very good. Yeah, but what else are you going to do? You're not going to go with Jameis Winston. No. I mean, you've won enough games that you're not getting a good quarterback in the draft. Yeah. I mean, you're 7-2. and two. Like, you're not going to replace a quarterback that was 7-2 and two in first in the division and the number two seed in the conference. Yeah. So, all right, moving on. Since we're already talking about NFC South, um, let's talk about AB. So, Antonio Brown, what do you know? Shocker. More news about him being a fucking scumbag. Um, no. Complete shocked. Um, so, story that he... Got upset through a bicycle and other stuff at security cameras. Threatened a lady. Uh, got her scared. Called the cops. Somehow convinced her to not press charges. So on and so forth. This happened less than two weeks before he signed with Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay came out and said they already knew about this issue before. They said that they talked to him about it before he even signed. And they say that the agreement was from that point forward any mess ups you're gone so they're saying he has done everything right so far but at some point like at this point there has to be one more story that breaks that just makes it so tampa bay just says okay never mind right like at some point you have to just be like we can't we can't do this i mean yeah like if they've already if they're already aware of it and upfront with it, like do they just bite the bullet on it? Because he didn't have a bad game last week. Like, you know what I mean? He had some catches downfield. He was a factor in the offense. Like do you deal with the PR issue with this after he's already been up front and honest with it and just try and move on? On this issue, yes. Just- this issue for sure. But I'm just saying if another issue crops up of like a month ago something else happened that he didn't say at that point, you can't, right? You can't defend it. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yes, that I will completely agree with you. Yeah, I mis- misheard you there. I apologize. Um, I mean, he might as well kiss the NFL goodbye because there's nobody. Like, he's lucky the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave him a yep. chance. Because after this, everyone else is like, yup, that's strike five, dude. Like, you're gone forever. For sure. So. All right, Um, moving on. Let's go over to the AFC side here. Uh, I like how I somehow organized this correctly when I didn't even mean to, but I'm going to pretend like I meant to. Um, I'm going to move on to Tua for a second. So Dolphins win yet again, 3-0 and with him. Uh, I'll be the first to say, like, I didn't understand making the move uh, at that point when you were on a two-game winning streak. Like, I just thought that, that could throw stuff off. That is why I am not the head coach of the Dolphins, and uh, it was the right move because, again, 3-0, and with him so like they're on like a five game winning streak at this point but the biggest thing for me is i don't know if you saw it but tua said yeah the nfl is hard but i thought it was going to be a lot harder so um i believe people like baker mayfield and sam darnold also said this their rookie years when they were having success um so one tua be careful with your words um 
another thing, you haven't faced you. I mean, the Rams are a very good defense, uh, and you got lit up like your first play. Uh, but other than that, you haven't played like amazing defenses. Like that Chargers defense is not what everybody thinks it is without Bosa and without James. Like it's just not the same, right? Um, so let's just see how it, how it works out, right? Like let's see, and I'm sure it was really taken out of context you know like it's just the, that comment makes it just oh, seems of course right but like also two is a very smart guy so it's interesting that he even let something like that slip um i'm interested to watch it all play out though like if he keeps winning then great but also he's only throwing for like 130 yards a game like he is literally what like jimmy g was during the playoff run of the niners all right let's let's just let's focus on that right now. You're not calling him Jimmy G, are you? No, I'm saying his stats okay. his stats match what Jimmy G was doing in the playoffs. So uh, w- once again, let me maybe reword this. And we haven't seen it yet, so I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but I'm not trying to like make it seem like I'm trying to have you slip up or force you to do so. Like, the wins haven't been all because of Tua. Like, it's been a big help from the special teams in the Correct. defense creating turnovers and scoring on that. A.K.A. the Niners. Nice. AKA, also known as the Niners defense and special teams last year. I mean, like, look, let's look at it. Like, he threw for 93 yards against the Rams. 93 yards. Against Arizona, very good game, actually. 248. So, give him props there. And then with the Chargers, he threw for 169 yards. So under 170 yards twice, under 100 yards once. I am not saying two is not good. He's fantastic. He's even gotten some running ability. He's got 35 in one game, and then actually that's about it. But um, but he's making the right plays. He's making the right reads. Exactly what Jimmy G did during their playoff run when they needed him to pass. Tua is going to be much better than Jimmy G in the long run. But I'm saying the way that the Dolphins have built this team, that's what he's doing, which is great. Honestly, you would hope that teams did that for rookie quarterbacks more often, where like you have an amazing defense yeah. and you have amazing special teams and you don't have to take on that entire burden. Like, like how Justin Herbert and what Burrow are doing, right? Burrow. Like those two are taking on more than, I don't want to say more than they can handle, but more than what's capable right like their te- their the rest of their team is just not good enough so more than what should be asked of them this early in their career exactly right so Perfect. that's what i'm saying no i think that's totally fair in this last game against the chargers like yeah too didn't have as many passing yards but he was also given like short field to play with like it was hey here's the ball inside your own 20 here's the ball on our side of the field like or excuse me, on the opposing side of the field, right there near the end zone, just don't mess it up. And so two is able to do that, and he has been playing smart. But I like how comfortable he is in the pocket. Like, I like how mobile he has been and elusive he is in the pocket and outside of the pocket and then still getting the ball downfield. We've mentioned that he doesn't have a strong arm, and that's like throwing it down the field. But when he's throwing, like, out or across the middle, homeboy's zipping it. What are you laughing at? Or why are you stopping? 
we're both smirking at one another, and I don't know if it's at each other or what. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Nobody cares. My wife just liked one of my tweets. First off, she's never tweeted before in her entire life, and I just got an alert that said she did. And I just said, did you just like one of my tweets? And she just said, I'm supporting my man. <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome. Hashtag goals. Yeah. That's, it. That's it for sure. Sorry, I just didn't know if you were giggling at me or nope. whatnot. But not everything's about me. I need to learn that. But, yes, Tua, he has been playing well um, as a rookie quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks, there are several teams that will need one in the draft next year. And there is a good draft class for quarterbacks with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, um, Wilson out of BYU, Mac Jones out of Alabama, and then Trey Lance in a North Dakota State. There's some guys here that could potentially be the future of franchises starting next season. Yes. And there are teams we know the Jets, <laughs> we know the Jaguars, the Giants might be in that discussion, even though I don't think they should be. Um, the Washington football team might, depending on Alex Smith, and of course several others like the San Francisco 49ers, a team that Trishy brought up with Jimmy Garoppolo. They appear to be ready to move on from that. They, he's pretty much benched himself. They benched him. They're ready to move in a new direction. For sure. So I'm going to name – I'm going to go down the top. Let's say that's six quarterbacks. Let's go like the top 14 picks, and let's see who you say yes to if they need a quarterback. Jets, yes. Jaguars, mm-hmm. yes. Washington. Honestly, I kind of I think they, they stick with Alex Smith. I think they should, but if they don't, then yes. And I know that's hard to answer yeah. right now. Uh, Cowboys, no, they'll stick with Dak. They'll hope that he's back, right? Uh, Chargers, obviously not. Miami, obviously not. Bengals, obviously not. Then you get to Giants, which you just talked about. Um, so that's, let's say Washington was a yes. That puts us at four there then, right? So we got Jets, Jaguars, Washington. Those are one, two, and three. Then you have the Giants at eight. Carolina, they're sticking with Teddy. I'm going to stick to that. I've been saying it all year. so, even if someone's there? I think if the top, especially if the top three are gone, there's no way. There's no way they stick. They they don't stick with it. They even risk it. Yeah. Add to your offensive line. That's exactly. Right? Um, Falcons, question mark. Matt Ryan getting older. They can't get out of that contract for another two years, though. So, do you yeah. really want to do it? Like, you might as well just try to go, continue to go all in. So, um this one you're not going to like. Denver. Drew Locke's not the guy. No. They're going to stick with it. Listen, uh, they're going to stick with Drew Locke this year. They're going to. But I am going to say in 2022 draft, there was going to be a player, a quarterback that falls past Denver. And Denver fans at that point are going to go, how did we not take a quarterback when he was on the when we were at 11 that's what's going to happen so um that's what i think is going to be the case uh tree stop it yeah it is for real, for real. he's not good like i've i've when he okay i did not like drew lock coming out of missouri i thought he trusted his arm too much i tried to <clears throat> i thought he tried to do too much on his own I am starting to see glimpses of that again in the NFL with the Broncos. I also think a part of it is 
the play calling is bad. The defense can't stop anybody. And when they're in third and long situations and the defense knows they can blitz everybody, the play calling doesn't match what they need to do for for Drew Locke to get the ball out of his hand quickly and to a receiver to make a play. You're just not seeing that happen. And so within it, like, yes, I get some of it is Drew Locke's fault, but I also think there's so many throws that he makes where it's like, whoo, I don't know who else are going to have come in and make that throw or change this offense because there's been so much change on the offensive side of the ball. Cortland Sutton not playing is huge. Noah Fant being banged up has been another one. Like, any, the offensive line cannot protect him. Like, there's just so much more that the Denver Broncos need to add before they look at Drew Locke and go, yup, you're the reason we're losing games. Because it's not all his fault. And I know, like, you can sit here and say, well, if you had more time, it would be good. Well, that could be said for any quarterback in the NFL. Duh. But, like, when you're a pocket-passing quarterback, you need a pocket to throw from. Like, he's not a guy that can throw on the run. He can make off-platform throws. He can make a throw with his feet not exactly set because he's got the arm strength to do it. But there's a difference between doing that and being on the run, being chased by a 250-pound man sitting there grunting, wanting to rip your head off, and you having to throw the ball across the middle of the field. Maybe that is a knock on Drew Locke that I'm explaining, but within that, like, as a pocket-passing quarterback, that's a difficult thing to do. So, to your point... And like I said, they are going to stick with him in this next upcoming year. It's going to be 2022 when they go, shit, he's not our guy. Because now at that point, it's now it's three years of, and you can know if he's not your guy. And then you're going to be seeing a guy like Wilson or Trask that went after you picked and go, shit, we could have had this guy. Like that happens all the time. I mean... As a Jags fan, I fucking hear it every single day about how we and I I'm that person talking how we could have had Mahomes or Watson, but we took fucking Leonard Fournette. Like that's the type of situation that is going to happen, right? So like, and it's going it's going to happen. Or Trey Lance starts going off, right? Like it could be any of these guys, Mac Jones even. So, anyways, okay. So there's that one, and then you get into San Francisco, Detroit. Um, Minnesota, New England, like that, they're all going to be gone in that area. Like, if any of them fall into that area, actually, I see a whole bunch of those teams. Like, you eleven through fifteen are going to probably be teams that really want quarterbacks, but thought they were like too far out of it that are going to have to trade up with, say, like Miami at six uh, to get it. And Miami's just going to fucking load up on even more draft picks and just continue to dominate. And that's Miami with Houston's pick. Because yes. Houston is sitting at two and six. Exactly. So, um, interesting there. Very interesting. So, what I'm saying is, I put it on the rundown. This is the year to probably want a quarterback and be bad. Like, there are a lot of good options. Yeah, but within that, you also know a lot of people are going to overthink it. And they're going to overlook a lot of things. And they're going to make a silly decision. The good news is when it's the Jags at two, they can't. It's either Trevor Lawrence or it's Justin Fields. You can't fuck it up. It's just... It, do you want Justin Fields, though? I do like Justin Fields. I really do. Okay. So, um, I like him. I think that I think that his improvement this year has been even awesome, like better. Like Last year, I was like, ah, kind of feel like it might be the system there. But this year, like, he's just making throws that I'm just like, holy shit. Like, those are NFL throws that are so impressive. 
So, obviously, I want Trevor Lawrence. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I would consider giving up Miles, my son, for for Trevor Lawrence. Just shut <laughs> your mouth. <right> um, <laughs> he would understand when he's older. He would. Um, but, no, I would... Glad you got your Super Bowl, Dad. Fuck yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but it'll be interesting to see. So, um, and then the last thing on our rundown here, uh, before we talk about a few games, uh, we've gone quite a bit now, so um, we don't have time to go over every game. But uh, just interesting to see, we're talking about the Jets and Jags to go along with this quarterback, is how many more games do Darnold and Minshew actually start for these teams? Darnold's already ruled out for next week. So is Minshew. Um, so they're both going to be out this upcoming weekend. I think Minshew's probably out another week after that. Darnold, it kind of seems like they have no intention to be putting him back in there. I would say, like, put the over-under on six more starts combined for those two. I think the Jets fuck this up. Because they're looking at Sam Darnold like he's pissed off that he's not getting to play because he might feel like he's healthy enough to... And he's going to come out and torch a defense and make just enough happen on offense where we win a game or two and we're not getting Trevor Lawrence moving forward. I think the Jaguars have the same thoughts about Minshew, where it's like, I see what you're trying to do. I still think that I can be a starting quarterback for another team, so I have to showcase that ability right now. I don't care about your future because this is mine and this is my opportunity to be selfish because it's what I need to do so I have a job next year. For sure. So Again, with the Jets, though, Joe Flacco might be thinking the same thing. He's like, hey, I don't mind being a backup. I got to show that, like, if a team needs me, I can get the job done, wherever that may be if it's not the New York Jets next season. Yeah, agreed. I think the Jets – I just – I still have the feeling that I don't think the Jets end up with the number one pick in the draft. And you want to know what's funny? I don't think the Jags end up with the number two overall pick. <laughs> they've played they've played low key well the last two games. Like oh yeah, they, I've been paying attention. They <laughs> they almost beat the Texans. Uh, scored as basically time expired. Went for two, didn't get it. And then with the Packers, they had the lead late in the game, and then they were in you know their territory after after the Packers took the lead in their territory trying to score and just didn't get it done. So I tweeted during the game, you know what to do, Jags. Keep me entertained for three hours, but in the end, you guys got to fucking lose. They did it to a T, just perfect. But I started getting a little worried when they had the lead. I was like, oh, fuck. All right, A-R- come on, Aaron Rodgers, let's do this. Devon- Devontae Adams, he's open. <laughs> so uh- I promise you, I promise you, they're going to let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, in saying that, like, the Jets, they had that aha moment, like, a couple weeks ago, playing the Patriots, like, uh, we're winning this game, we need to stop winning this game. Yes. Let Cam Newton make something happen. The Jets had the same aha moment last week against the Packers, like, we're winning and we don't need to be, stop it. Yeah. I just want to know who sends that message down to everybody else. So, the Jags are beating the Steelers next week. Get the fuck out of here. They're going to beat the Steelers next week. I think you're serious. I think you're serious. And I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of had that gut feeling myself. And I'm not just saying it because you did. I just was like, the way the Jags have been playing, the Steelers looked good last week. Their offense did. But this is a total trap. Total trap game. This is a 100%. And, like, the Jags and Steelers play each other so hard all the time. Like, even when one of them's bad – 
all the time. They have they are a former rival in the AFC Central when that used to be a thing. Like these two play each other and it is always a fist fight. It is very much like the Ravens versus the Steelers. Like it's just like there's something about these two teams. And then obviously 2017. I mean, again, I think I've said this on this podcast. The Jags are the only team to beat the Steelers in Heinz Field twice in a single year, and they've done it twice in 2007 and 2017. Oh shit! It's, was that in Heinz? Was it at Heinz? Field? Yeah. Was it? Really? Yeah. Heinz Field is the Jaguars' vacation home. It's awesome. We love it there. <laughs> That was an awesome game, though. I remember watching that just go back and forth all the way down to the wire. That was probably, outside of, like, a Chiefs game, of course, probably one of the best games I've watched. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, like, legitimately mean that. I mean, we... Some of the plays made by Big Ben, the throws, just incredible. For sure. We didn't even know each other back then, so... Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Okay, let's do let's do a couple preview games. Um, or, yeah, let's... Well, first off... Why don't you remind the people of the spread right now? All right, let's do that. So, yeah, you took the lead on me in the spread by one game. Uh, very rough. Dude, I've had two really bad outings two weeks in a row. Like, really bad. Um, but, yeah, but you are 74, 68, and 3. I'm 73, 69, and 3. So, you got me by one game there. Uh, we can talk about the player prop bets as well. Uh, I took a ginormous lead on you because you suck at that. Yeah. Uh, you're 25 and 33, and I'm 30 and 28. Sorry, you had to take shots at me i gotta take shots at you it's, it's just how things go you don't really suck at it you're actually really good um so yes you got me on that i'm coming for you this week though i'm gonna i'm gonna step my game up i'm gonna focus a little bit more and here we go so thursday night titans game i don't think there's a lot to talk about here besides the colts i don't know i don't i mean they're winning so like it is what it is but i still don't understand like why they don't give jonathan taylor the ball on like fourth and one twice and at the goal line it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me um but that's really about it on this game um texans browns uh so many so many people are upset with nick chubb not just because of fantasy but so in our when we did this bet it was three points so we got the win there but it ended up at three and a half so so many people uh-huh. lost money because of that so but nice to see uh nick chubb back uh that running game is just deadly and this team is going to be a force in the playoffs like they are going to be trouble uh baker mayfield don't fuck it up well he's most definitely going to because the running game isn't going to be as effective in the playoffs <clears throat> probably fair there because uh, defenses can load up <clears throat> to stop that real quick about this game why did nick chubb run out of bounds <clears throat> why did he yes because like, then you can just kneel up it by three points yeah, because then you just take a kneel and the game's over. Yeah, but why not just go score? Because, and like... Just make sure that you seal the game in case some freak play happens. I mean, it's just as freaky to be up by 10 with... I think it was like a minute left at that point. Like, you score, they do some crazy play, get a quick score, onside kick, score again. I mean, like, they're both probably just as likely. That or a one kneel, like... What he really should have done is not gone out of bounds. He should have just fallen on the ground so the clock just kept rolling. That's what he yeah. should have done. But, I mean, also, he probably had to think about that like as he was like on the 20-yard line. Like, oh, fuck, what am I supposed to do? You know? So, yep. yeah. Uh, he did not score, unlike what Gurley did, who scored. And then they ended up losing <laughs> yeah. that game, right? So, um, 
That's what that's what can happen. Um, moving on to the Lions Washington game. Lions come out with that win, three point last second. That game was super fun to watch. Super stressful mm-hmm. watching that late in the game. Uh, Alex Smith career day. Uh, fun fact: if you didn't see that over the course of week nine and ten since he's been starting, he has the most passing yards in the NFL. Did not know that. Yeah. Wow. He's a good quarterback. He's a good. Quarterback. He really is. Glad to see him back. I mean, that like that goes to the question of what does Washington do for next season? Like, do they go after quarterback, or do they add to this offensive line or their defensive secondary, and just let Alex Smith be a bridge quarterback for another year? That's what I would do um, personally, but we'll see. Um, but also hard to say if you're top if you're picking top four, you're probably needing to take a quarter. Like, you probably should take a quarterback. Like that's and honestly, you can probably do. Hey, you're sitting behind Alex Smith. Smith is our starter next year. He's uh, he did that for somebody before. Who? What's his name? Pretty pretty good player. Uh, uh, MVP, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Not not a Patrick Mahomes. Not a Las Vegas Raider. <laughs> um, no. <nope. laughs> um, okay, we were talking about the Jags game. Um, Eagles Giants. Giants coming out with a big win. Uh, we just talked about how the Eagles may be back getting healthy. We were wrong there. We'll just take that L and uh, stash. The Giants away. are winning this division. Um, yeah, you. I saw you tweet or do you tweet that or no? It was in your power rankings. It was in your power rankings mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm still going to disagree with you um, on that one, but uh, I can see it. I can see the argument. Yeah. I mean, it ain't going to be – I don't think they go 9-7. and seven. I think they somehow win it 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, for sure. And how about this? What if it's 8-8? Eight and eight? Wait, 8-8? Eight and eight? There's, not, There's no way. Because be Yeah, because they're 3-7 and they're three and seven right now. That would mean they went 5-1 and one in their next – Six in their last six games, dude. They've been close in about every game they've. Yeah, played. but you're not you're not winning five of six if you're the Giants. You're just not. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Just saying. I wish I knew. Oh, here's our schedule: Bengals, Seahawks, Cardinals, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas. They're not winning five of those games. <laughs> so they'll beat Cincinnati. How about this? Six and ten. Six and ten wins the division. God damn it! Six and ten wins the division, and it's the Washington football team. No way. The the Giants have beaten them twice. There's no way they actually. Can. And I I take that back. Anyways, their schedule is pretty. Actually, no. They play for Washington. Yeah, for Washington. No, actually, Bengals. They could probably beat them. Tough game. Dallas. They've already beat them once. Yeah. Pittsburgh take the L. Niners most likely take the L. Seattle most likely take the L. <laughs> and then Panthers, I think they could beat the Panthers. And then Philadelphia, I think they, they can beat Philadelphia. So win that. So that means they go one, two, they go three and four their last. Okay, so three and four. That puts them at five and 11. So that's not going to do it. Uh, they should beat San Francisco. Like they ultimately, they should. Okay, so six that would put them at six and ten. Uh, going back to the Giants, Bengals. Do do you do you think the Giants beat the Bengals? Yes. Seattle. Yes. No. Arizona. No. Cleveland. Yes. Baltimore. No. Dallas. Yes. Okay, so that's three wins. So that puts them at six and ten. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's just go over Dallas because we're going to do the whole the whole division at this point. Um, Minnesota. No. Washington. No. Baltimore. No. Cincinnati. No, that passing offense okay. is going to kill then, them. Then that puts them out. That puts them out, right? Because then the max they could have is five wins. Um, so now we got to talk about Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia right here. Sorry, I'm pulling up their schedule. Cleveland. No? I don't, like... This is where I, like, I get in trouble with myself because it's like, is the offense clicking against that defense this week? <clears throat> Like, is Carson Wentz hitting his weapons? Like, are his weapons in stride? Yeah. I'm going to say yes. I think they beat Okay, them. Seattle? No. Green Bay? No. Saints? Probably still without no. Drew Brees. If Drew Brees is not playing, then yes. I don't think he is at that point, so I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i take that as a win. Arizona? No. Dallas? Yes. Washington? I already said they would lose. Okay, so that's three. So you, the way you just did it, you have three teams with six wins, but Philadelphia has the tie, so that would give them the win. That would give them the division win because they have a tie. So they would go, yep. So anyways, so you actually technically, when you talk through it, you have the Eagles still winning it. But you have a half a game difference, right? So, yeah. yep. And I believe I did pick them to actually – I did not. We both picked the Cowboys to win that division at the start of the year. But we also didn't think that Dak was going to get hurt. So yeah. uh, you did have them as the wild card, though, but that's not going to happen. You have to win the division to make the playoffs right now. Um, all right, okay, let's just go on to a few more games. Um, I'm just trying to go. Bills, Cardinals. I told you all last week, I said this was going to be the most entertaining game of the weekend, must-watch TV. I tried to tell you all, for anybody that didn't want to listen to me, you missed a hell of a fucking game. And let me tell you, all those DeAndre Hopkins haters at the start of the year saying that he wasn't a top receiver um, are sure being quiet right now and acting like they didn't say that. Most definitely they are. Yeah. Like DeAndre Hopkins, and I might have been one as well, where it's like, oh, hey, Deshaun Watson, is it going to feel like he's forced to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins? This receiving quarter, or the receiving options for... Deshaun Watson, the Texans might be even better. Wrong. Nope. El Rongo, this guy. He is the man, even in Arizona, deservingly so. Yeah. Yep. What what a trade by the Arizona Cardinals to make that happen. For sure. Uh, Seahawks-Rams, honestly, a very entertaining game. I felt like it was kind of like that two-score game most of the time, but like you felt like Seattle was on the verge of coming back, but you also felt like the Rams weren't going to give it up. It was a very, very entertaining game. Uh, Saints-Niners, kind of exactly what we expected there. Bengals-Steelers, exactly what we expected there. Ravens-Patriots. Ravens obviously lose this game with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Man, that weather was crazy, dude. Like, like I can't name a quarterback that could actually throw in. I mean, it sucks because you have two quarterbacks that, like, right now are very much on the hot seat of not being able to make it throw. Like, it just makes it look even worse when it's really like, dude, wonder what? That's just a really poor weather game that, like, what are you going to do? Um, very entertaining game, though. A lot of people said it was boring, didn't like to watch it. I had a fun time watching to figure out, like, what offenses we're going to try to do with that bad of weather. It was actually very entertaining to me. Um, 
And then Vikings, Bears. Bears, Chicago, thank you for giving us draft picks for Nick Foles. Like, I I appreciate that. <laughs> we can do that again sometime. Oh, shit. I mean, just what an absolute snooze fest that game was. It was so bad. Like, it was awful. Like, it was at that point I was wa- – like, I watched this game. And, like, even as I was watching, I was like, why? Like, why am I still sitting on my couch in front of my TV watching this game? Yep. I told myself what, asked myself that as well, and it was strictly because of fantasy. That is why. Um, by the way, because of games like this, that is why Allen Robinson is not resigning with the Chicago Bears. Oh, 100%. He is fucking gone. Yeah. Audios. Chiefs fan, I don't care what the salary cap is. Find a way to get him on the team because Sammy Watkins isn't coming back. Realist, no fucking no way. way it happens because he's going to ask <clears> – <throat> For all the money, he's gonna the get ninety million. I, he's gonna get ninety million. Holy shit! Go to the if <clears throat> the Jets do get Trevor Lawrence, go there. Denzel Mims, Allen Robinson, draft another tight end, add to the defense. Completely changes that fucking future of the New York Jets. Just like come that. back to Jacksonville. We love you. We miss you. Him, DJ Chark, Lavisca Chenault with James Robinson and Justin Fields, or. Or Lawrence, that's a good offense right there. Speaking of that, dude, James Robinson is maybe not arguably, maybe he just is the best undrafted rookie running back of all time. Of all time? Name I he's on pace to break it. I mean, I don't know any off the top of my he, head. He's breaking every single record. Like everybody, like every time you watch it, it's like him versus Priest Holmes. Like it's it's like those two. Like that's that's a comparison. And that's some pretty good. If you're going against Priest Holmes, not his rookie year, because Priest Holmes didn't really play his rookie year. It was his second year that he played. When he was with the Ravens. Yeah. Team. So when he actually did play with the Chiefs, right? He had 1,200 rushing yards and 250 receiving yards. James Robinson already has that in receiving yards. And then he has 200, or sorry, 850 rushing yards. So he's like 300, 400 yards away from breaking that. And again, that's his second season, given, yes, first year really playing, but still second year in the NFL. Um, And let's not forget, like, no training camp really, no, like, anything for James Robinson as an undrafted rookie. He wasn't getting reps. It was Leonard Fournette until a week before the season. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love how Leonard Fournette just loved to come out and say, I I finally get to play with the quarterback. Dude, you're having a tough time getting on the field over Ronald Jones right now, dude. It's garbage. Fucking hate Leonard Fournette. All right. I love how I started the episode talking smack in here. And here I am. You got me all fired up, apparently. I'm just not over it. I don't know. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. So, anyways, all right. Tomorrow, episode, breaking down week 11. Again, six games of teams with six wins or more. Like, it is going to be electric next Sunday. I can't wait. Like, it's one of those Sundays where you're tired from watching football. Like, that happens, especially like week one, but like other weeks, like it just happens. Like, man, I'm exhausted just from like stressing about games and watching them. Like that is going to be one of these weeks and I can't wait for it. So um, anything else you want to add? No, uh, just once again, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate it and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yep, we love you all. And tonight we've been talking football.